Jay, it's so good to meet you. We're so we're so excited in Latinas Be Like Us today to talk to Jay Sanchez. Jay is a neurodivergent Latinx content creator who believes that mental health is at the crux of human intelligence and progress. After being diagnosed with major depression and suffering a mental breakdown, Jay faced a years-long struggle to find mental health and learn how to maintain it. For this reason, Jay started Jay's Truth Serum, where Jay shares personal stories and thought-provoking lessons to help others bridge the gap between everyday life and mental health. To encourage others to understand mental health is far broader than mental health illness and requires active attention, evaluation, and accountability. Jay, is such a pleasure to meet you here. Thank you so much for doing this. Welcome to Latinas Be Like Us. Let's get into it. Sounds good? Thank you. Thank you, Bella. It's really, really excited to, to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, I mean, uh, uh, thank you for accepting the invitation. So let's talk about that journey, right? Like that journey from when you had that mental breakdown, what triggered you and, uh, and you know, what you want to share with, uh, with our listeners today? Yeah, it, it's actually a really interesting story because I think I can look back now and understand that it was a breakdown and say that I had a breakdown. Back then, it wasn't really a single thing that triggered me. It was a whole series of events. I think it was kind of the culmination of a lifetime of not having heard myself, of, of not really given myself time to listen to my needs emotionally. And I think that this happened in 2018. So I was actually doing something that I loved. I was an attorney. And I was practicing uh, immigration law. I worked helping refugees from Central America. And I, I was seeing a psychologist at the time. And I started having all these really weird, weird symptoms, migraines, um, and, and other issues. I was diagnosed with a neurological uh, issue. And in the midst of, of, of work and of, of these medical issues, I burnt myself out. I burnt myself out. And I was in denial about there being anything else that I needed to address. I was so used to just kind of setting aside the feelings that kind of would pop up. And I channeled myself into work. And I channeled myself into work so much that I burnt out. And I had a really great psychologist at the time who kind of guided me, who knew what was happening, but gently guided me towards, hey, something's, you know, maybe you need to take some time off of work, which to me was just absurd. Like, what do you mean? I've been working all my life. I, I can't, what do you mean stop working? Why would I do that? And um, she, she convinced me <laughs> to take time off. And I kind of closed everything up. She helped me and I filed for disability to take some time off. And I, I, I was, I stopped functioning and, and it really came like, it really came to a whole, I really felt it when I stopped working because all my life, I, all my life was about me feeling useful. All my life was about me working, about addressing anything I felt by distracting, by working, by doing right checklist, go on to the next thing. And go on to the next accomplishment, the next goal, the next, right? And when I stopped working, I fell apart because I had only ever known how to be useful. And so when I, I couldn't be that anymore, I felt like a failure. I was a failure. And so when I was on disability, the whole point is you work on your mental health. Your job is to focus on you and find health and take care of you, right? But when you've never done that and your life is defined by doing 
and you're used to others and being seen and heard because of your usefulness in a job, then, you know, when you can't do that anymore, your sense, my sense of identity just like my mind collapsed. And I went from managing like a caseload of clients to panicking at the side of an email. And I just kind of had to realize like what I couldn't figure it out. I was, it was like the eye of a tornado. I didn't know what was happening. And I literally from then that took a year and a half of me every day sitting with me to understand the immense cloud, like the rubble sorting through it. Mm -hmm. And that culminated in me understanding how much I had been ignoring myself, how much I didn't know about my own mind and participating in my own mind and that I could participate in my own mind and that I had been running away from myself my entire life. And my mind basically forced me to address my own mind by, by forcing me to stop and not being able to function. Right. And it took like a year and a half um, after leaving my job and I, I, it became too much for me and I became suicidal. And I admitted myself into a crisis center because after a lifetime of pretending that I was okay, that I was going to be able to make it, that I wanted to make it, I, I just didn't care anymore. I did not care anymore. And I knew that if I didn't go somewhere where they prevented me from doing something, I was no longer, I was going to actively do something. Well, you know, first of all, kudos to you for going and getting that help. Um, you know, especially in the Latino community, that is something that you don't see as often. I wish, I wish that would happen more often. Personally have situations in my family with mental health and uh, it feels sometimes like it's such a taboo topic. So what happened after you were going through, you know, the, the suicidal um, moments in your life? How did you get out of that? So that's a wonderful question because admitting myself into that crisis center, what I realized now happened, and I'm glad to tell the story of, I went into that crisis center done. I had no aspirations. I remember them like giving us activities and asking us, like, what are you going to do when you get out of here in 30 or 60 or 90 days? Like, and I, you know, reflecting back on my life, I was always that person who had a plan and I was always that person who had a checklist. And this is what I'm going to do after high school. This is what I'm going to do after college. And I remember at that crisis center when I asked that question, never in my life, have I been so honest as to just say, I don't see, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even see myself being here tomorrow. Like, I don't even want to exist anymore. And the thing that happened with that is that gave me, that meant that I wasn't pretending anymore. That meant that I, I didn't have to pretend to be anything anymore and to have a goal anymore. And so what happened is the time that I was at this crisis center, I had, I had the love and attention of the staff. There's some phenomenal staff because we had, we were supervised 24 hours, right? There's 16 of us, 16 people in crisis, different life situations. And I had the opportunity to receive, receive, I guess, the, the love and the attention that I guess I had been missing mm-hmm. and the acknowledgement of the things I felt and acknowledgement that there were feelings to be felt and thoughts to be sorted out and, you know, just an acknowledgement of my internal world that I'd never observed my entire life, that I'd never known how to perceive, right? And so in not having to pretend, not not having a plan for the future, I remember sitting in this dining room with 16 people, very different people that I got to know. And I got to, I, I remember asking myself this question, like, 
what? How did we all get here? Like, I'm sitting here and we're all so completely different. I, I felt like a failure for the last year and a half. The, they felt, they feel like failures and they had a completely different life mm. and different classes, different people, different backgrounds, different accomplishments. And I just remember thinking like, how did we all get here? Like, and, and the freedom of being there and not having to pretend and not having a checklist for the future gave me the opportunity to ask myself, well, wait, what do we all have in common? And I went into the, like this, I went into like this space in my head where I wasn't focused on career, other people, et cetera, et cetera. I got to just focus and ask questions about my own humanity and their humanity. And it somehow helped me understand that it didn't matter what anyone, any of us had done to get there. We didn't have the information we needed because whatever mm. we did, what we had to do to feel seen, heard and accepted in our lives. And that wasn't enough. Right. 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 Having a career isn't going to help you feel seen and heard in your life. It's not, it's not going to fulfill you. Money's not going to fulfill you. A car isn't going to fulfill you. And that's what I I had been using to fill that gap. Yes. That's what we all in different ways have been doing. And it wasn't enough. I want to go back to what you said that you had all this, like, like this stuff that was so loving and that you've never felt that before. So are we talking like, You never felt that way from, from your family? And is that what you're talking about in terms of like what the human the humanity that is missing? Look, my parents, I love my parents. But the reality I think in our community is intergenerational trauma is so is so effective because it deprives us of, of, of the emotional side, right? Right. And and if you feel I I mean, my my parents were like textbook machista, marianista, and that's the perfect, the perfect formula for poor mental health because Whenever I have felt it, anything as a kid, no pienses en ello. Vamos a rezar. Vamos a rezar. Organiza conmigo. Limpia conmigo. Vamos a hacer esto every single time. And and I don't blame my parents. My my they came. Mom was the oldest of 14, right? She never had a child. Dad was one of 12. Also, right? The immense amount of like stress that was put on. They weren't taught. They weren't told. Right. Hey, this is your need for attention. It's okay to need attention. This is how you, this is. And so I performed and I was a perfectionist my entire life because whenever I felt something, that's what became associated with, with, you know, I feel this thing. Oh, let me go clean and become organized. Yeah. That's the therapy for Latinos. Uh, a lot of the times, how did the fact that you were born in a Latino household impact your decision to seek help and, and to get to where you are now? Honestly, it took a lot of time. It took, it, there was a lot of guilt and shame around feeling. And there's a lot of guilt and shame around acknowledging because it, you know, we often see it as a weakness. We see feeling, we see seeking help as a weakness. And, and you know, it, that's how everyone does it. When you've never, I've never saw my parents evaluate their mental health talk about, you know, we want growing up, it was all Univision, todo telenovela. You know, maybe nowadays it's different, but when I was growing up, we never, you don't see any of that, right? You don't see your parents do it. So you don't know how to do it. And so when I was going through it, I, I remember I started, I started hurting myself right after college, right after college when I didn't have a plan and I, I needed, I felt pressure to do more and to do and to be, and I started hurting myself because how am I going to reach out to somebody? I, I didn't know how to reach out to somebody, tell my siblings, tell my parents. And on top of that, even thinking about it felt like I'm, I'm going to burden them. I can't burden them. Yeah. Hurt them. And hurting myself 
was an escape, was an outlet of all the things I felt. Plus nobody was going to see me. And Mm. I didn't recognize what I was doing to myself. It just felt like, okay, this is a nice way to just, this is a way to just get it out because it feels better. It feels better. It helps give me a sense of control. I didn't recognize it then, but I started to seek help shortly after that. And it took a while because honestly, having a therapist who culturally gets you is, is a whole other issue. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) But I had, I, I, you know, I had some pretty difficult situations with therapists who weren't um, culturally like informed at the beginning, but I found eventually it was just a drive for, it was like an innate drive to want to live that that I sought help. Hmm. Although I I felt shame, even seeking help. therapists had to help me understand why I was seeking help, even though I felt shame for seeking help. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, and, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a journey. There's a lot of parts to it. So you said something uh, that really caught my attention and is the whole um, cultural awareness of your therapist, right? Because it is not the same when you talk to a therapist that it's aware of how, what the dynamics of the Latino community are versus someone who is, you know, like focus on the Caucasian experience, if you know what I mean, right? Um, it's two different cultural experiences. And if you're not, you know, like, I'm not an expert, but, you know, like, coming from the Latino community, if you're not aware of how those dynamics are, I might say that you might be even, like, be contributing to even more hurt on those patients without, you know, without even knowing that you are because you know like that that part is important and I, and I don't know and I honestly don't know if if there are trainings or there are even like courses of like for like therapists to like go and understand and, and, and see if they actually want to provide a service for a community that they are not part of you know so um the fact that you found a therapist that was able to help you and was able to understand you in that perspective it's super important especially you know like in our generations right i think for like younger generations right now there might be more resources but you know like when when we were younger i i don't think that those resources at least you know were as common as they might be today yeah and then and there was more obstacles i remember because you don't even think that you 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 think you're the problem <laughs> because you don't even realize you need a con like somebody who's culturally informed and so mm-hmm. when there's an issue and you have a figure who's a therapist who has authority in the situation, you feel like you're the problem you must be doing, which is just adding, it's just adding to the trauma. Jay Strusserum. That's how I got to know you. What does it mean for you to have Jay Strusserum and what, how is the Latino community receiving your message? So Jay Strusserum for me is, is a recognition that I, I had the privilege of having a mental I had the privilege of having a mental breakdown because it, it is a privilege to sit and have a breakdown and not be working and sort all of these things out, especially for a year and a half, especially for years on end to like sit and do that because most people are out there, you know, three jobs, school, work, kids, nobody has that opportunity, much less access to, to therapy, et cetera, et cetera. Jay's true serum for me is I feel like I have the superpower of being able to sit and, and zoom into my thoughts and zoom into my mind and the processes of what it meant for me to to have a breakdown and come out of the breakdown in a healthier way. Because we think of people with mental illness or breakdowns, like we just kind of throw them away. They're invisible, right? No, 
no, it's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. You're responding accordingly to your environment very oftentimes. Jay's true serum for me is, is giving access to information, the step to the step by step, the patterns, the processes, the questions for the people who don't have the time, who don't have the energy, who don't have the resources, right? Who don't have the ability to file for disability to take that time off because mental health requires you to actively participate and sit and feel and do the things that we were never taught right? We can fulfill a hunger pang like this because we were informed so well as kids that we have a need for food and then how to fulfill it and what it feels like. We don't do that with our emotions. So we don't do that with any, like our need for attention and acceptance and validation. And it takes time out of our day to do that. Jay's true serum is kind of, is, is my way of giving back to the, to the community. What is one thing that you would like people to know about you? I think, look, for me, mental health is it's not getting rid of the feelings. It's not getting rid of the thoughts. It's not, it's managing. It's living a life where, where on the daily, I still feel insecure, right? Depression still comes knocking. I still feel scary things, thoughts I don't like. And I know how to manage them now. I used to never feel enough. I used to always feel, I used to always question myself. I lived a life where I always did things to people please, right? Depending on what others wanted me. I changed all of that. I changed all of that. And I'm, I'm healthier post breakdown because of it. And if I can do it, you can do it. I am starting over, right? I'm 37. I was an attorney. I did everything. And I am starting over. I have less than I've ever had before, but I have far more because I have my mental health. I don't, I don't need to be constantly different, driven by the things that used to drive me that didn't make me. Because now I can define my own self. And I believe others can too. So I guess that. Beautiful. I love it. Where can people find you? How can people know what's happening with Jay Street Serum? What are the best ways? What are the best channels where people can find you? So the same, I'm the same on all uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And that's uh, at jaystruthserum.com, J-A-E-S-T-R-U-T-H-S-E-R-U-M. There's also jaystruthserum.com. TikTok and Instagram have, you know, the short videos and, and YouTube has the long content where I kind of delve into every topic a little more. Amazing. So um, if people go to your website, what, what are they going to find? They're going to find all my contact in, information on how I break things down in terms of like you, the enduring feelings, in terms of like the moments, in terms of kind of the mental math that I do. It's kind of, it's kind of putting it all together. Amazing. Well, Jay, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, we really need to have more of this, you know, like discussions. And I think especially in our community, this is so important. It's true that not everyone has the ability to take those times off. And so I think uh, that's why you, your content and your persona is so, import is so important for these people and for everyone who is looking looking out uh, to make sure that, um, you know, like they have this support. So thank you again. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate being here.